We are so happy that you're here with us today. Now it's time to get started, so please stand and get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at New Vine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Vine Community Church. We're very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today, and welcome to those who are watching online today as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer and then get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you'll continue to do. We just ask you to come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Everybody take a second and turn around and say hello to somebody. Go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. New Vine Youth Winter Retreat is February 23rd and 24th. Grades 6 through 12th are welcome to come. The cost is $30. See Pat for details. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Hey. Oh, we hadn't had the variety show in a few years, and so those aren't any of our acts. So anyway, so if you want to be in it, you know, sign up and uh, you can be horrible 
and, and be right there with everybody else. Um, I think let's just say a prayer, and, and we will take up the offering. Don't put the $5 in that I gave you, all right? Hang on to that. I'll tell you what to do that later. So let's just pray. Lord, thank you that we uh, can be able to come and worship you today. Lord, I ask you just to be in our midst. I ask you to bless the offering today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, it's not cold out, right? It, we've had winter, we've had summer, spring already, and it's just January and, and all that. So um, we started our series three weeks ago on uh, how to get in shape, right? And uh, first week we talked about getting in shape spiritually and um, things that we need to do, and I'll, I'll refer to that in a minute. And uh, last week, Mark talked about how to get in shape intellectually, and uh, referring to the one passage in Romans 12, too, uh, don't be conformed to this world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so today, I'm going to talk about how to get in shape financially. Yay! I'm, I, I'm not a preacher that talks about money a lot, if ever, which is a weakness, once a long, long time ago, I, I witnessed to my cousin. He became a Christian. I found a church and we uh, went to church. And before we even got started, the preacher started hitting on money and everything like that. So we, we like left. So, um, so if you're a guest today, I don't ever talk about this, but I'm going to talk about how to get in shape financially. Got that? So we all need to do that too. And, uh, then on, on the, on the way out too, there's like a little thing, um, called leaving a legacy. Uh, you can grab one of these on the way out, if, you know, if you want to uh, leave a legacy. You can, you can make a difference. I read a thing, a little article about um, they opened up this um, library in uh, New Jersey. It was called the Man Library. And so they had a tour, and uh, this guy <clears throat> went through the tour, and uh, uh, he asked about the Man Library. Was, was, uh, was it named after Horace Mann? Horace Mann was like a writer. He was, a, a, um, he was actually from Antioch, Ohio. He was an abolitionist. He... Uh, was a, a senator or no a congressman, all those kinds of things, and and uh, they said, is it named after him? And and they said, no, uh, it, it's after the Mann family, and uh, named Jonathan Mann. And he goes, I've never heard of Jonathan Mann. What did he write? And the guy goes, he wrote the check. 
And, and so now we have this library. And so you can do things even, even after the fact. Uh, that's already happened here. Different people, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about giving and stuff like that. Uh, Beth Warner, when she was in the hospital dying, she gave me her check. She wanted to make her tithing check got in before she died. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Franklin, who passed away not very long ago, uh, her daughter gave me a check. And she said, this is what Mrs. Franklin wanted to give the church after she died. So, sounds crazy, but, but you can touch people's lives in so many different ways. Money, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wiring money to Ethiopia. Um, I talked to Woody on the phone yesterday, and uh, I'm going to wire this pastor some money. And uh, I think I was going to wire him $200 for their church in, in Bahadar, hopefully. You know, I don't know if they watch this or not, if they can right now. And, and then I looked on the thing, and it turns out to be $11,000 in their money. So it's just it's crazy what you can do. Mark and I were there once, too, and, and Liz and I, we've been there and, and, and given some money when you can do things. So anyway, you can make a difference. So I'm going to talk about money today, which I hate talking about, but I'm going to talk about it today. Is that okay? It doesn't matter. I've prepared this thing, and we're going to do that. <clears throat> and then, uh, But you got money today. I mean, how often do you go to church and you get money? <clears throat> so you got five bucks. I would have given you a dollar, but inflation's changed everything. So you can't do anything for a dollar. And I'll tell you how old I am. I mentioned back there to them, I said, you know, when I was a kid, you could go to the, to the Francis grocery store and for a dollar, for a penny, you could get two pieces of candy. That's how old I am. Right? For a penny, now you can't get anything. Right? It's not worth a penny. Um, so let's say a prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts. So Lord, just thank you uh, that you give us stuff. And Lord, I know that you give us stuff for a reason, so that we can give it away. And so, God, I pray you'd be in our midst, help us to see how that we need to work on our finances, uh, that we can grow spiritually and intellectually and financially, so that we can be good stewards of, of what you've given us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. <clears throat> in the book of Haggai, we don't preach much from Haggai, right? Uh, I remember growing up in the church, sometimes people would call it Haggai, even though that's not how it's spelled, it's Haggai. This is what it says. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give carefully thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have little, harvested little. You eat and never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. And one translation says, give a careful thought to your flocks. <coughs> if you don't learn to manage your money... It'll manage you, right? That, that's just the deal. Uh, Jesus uh, said some things to us about finances and about money. This is what he says in Luke. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Now, true riches are things that money can't buy. But Jesus tells us that we're to be good stewards of what we have financially, and God will entrust us with other things that, that can really make a difference. And so manage your money well is just a part of the process of being entrusted with more stuff. The Bible calls this stewardship. Okay? And, and, uh, that we're stewards, that, that things are given to us. And, and steward, uh, do I have a definition for steward? Uh, being a good steward is realizing that your money's not really yours. It's on loan from God, uh, to you, for you to use for His glory. That God gives us stuff so that we can, we can use it. When the kids were little, people, I mean, people still give me things just out of, for some reason. I don't know. It's a, it's a gift. How's that? 
I used to go to the, the pastor's meeting in Cincinnati Vineyard with all the pastors from places. And they would all ask me, what did you get this week? Well, one week I said, well, someone came into the free store and gave us a truck. And then one week they, they called they gave us a building, you know, and, and all those kinds of things. Then the kids, when they were little, they says, Dad, why do people give you stuff? And I think, <clears throat> I didn't answer. I let them answer. They says, because you always give it away. So God, God blesses us, I think, so that we can be a blessing uh, to other people. And that's just the deal. Um, but being a good steward is realizing that it's, it's not really our stuff. So, so how you manage your money has consequences. And uh, it's interesting in the New Testament, Jesus taught more about money than he did about heaven and hell. So, you know, he said a lot of things about it. So uh, we're going to talk about how to get in shape financially. And we're going to look at five principles that will help us get in shape financially. Okay. <clears throat> Number one. Here we go. Am I, am I good on my things there? Yeah. All right. Keeping good records. This is the principle of accounting. Uh, be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Be careful. Pay careful attention to your herds. Flocks, flocks in the Bible represented assets. You know, uh, <clears throat> in some places they are still like that. Uh, that how many camels you have or how many cows you have or how many sheep you have determines how wealthy you are. And, and uh, Proverbs uh, is the wisdom book of the Old Testament. And the writer saying you need to pay attention to what you've got. Okay, uh, you have to be realistic about it. And and I put this in my notes. It's not in yours. Ignorance plus easy credit equals trouble. Right. So we have to be careful. So you need to know some things. Four things you need to know. First of all, you need to know how much you own. How much do you have? You know, what, what are the assets you have? I've been going through all this kind of stuff. I've been dealing with my uncle and aunt. And my uncle, my uncle printed out a list of everything that he had. <clears throat> I've got a copy of it. It's like two or three pages. And uh, he wanted to make sure he knew what he had. So you need to know how much you own. Number two, how much you owe. Okay? Am I going slow enough, Judy? Okay? Last week she got after me, or two weeks ago, was she got after me because when I said growth, go to God daily in prayer, read your Bible, others, witness, tr- you know, trust, and Holy Spirit, I said it too fast, just like I just did. So anyway, so I gave her the whole sermon. But, uh, all right. How much I, how much I earn or make and how much I spend. And so you need to, to, you know, pay attention, uh, to what's going on. <clears throat> you need to cook good records. And so your home, homework this week is, you know, get a piece of paper and just kind of, kind of write down what, what's going on. Okay. Got that? Are you good? Can I move on? Judy? Okay, all right, good. All right. Number two, plan your spending. Now, this is crazy, right? Plan your spending. Uh, you need to set financial goals and stick with them. Um, it's a principle of budgeting. Uh, Proverbs 21, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Another Proverbs, the same translation, good news, says, plan carefully and you'll have plenty. If you act too quickly, you'll never have enough. Financial freedom is never about how much you make, okay? It's about what you do with, with what you make. Some people think of it as had this and this and this and this, I, I, would, I would be okay. But, but that's not, not true. I know some people, some people are just good with their money, okay? And, and that's a skill that, that you have to learn and have to, <clears throat> to work on, all right? Um, a study found out, well, we're not surprised that, that about nine out of 10 people in the United States are impulsive buyers. I mean, and, and that's how it is. Go to the, go to the grocery store and all, all the stuff's right there, right? Go to, uh, 
what is that place you buy fabric at? Joanne's. Uh, yeah, and Vicky goes, yeah, yeah, Joanne. Go into Joanne's. And they got all kinds of crap. They, they got like, like a whole, I shouldn't have said it that way, but anyway, they got all kinds of stuff that, that you work around to buy all this stuff before you ever get to the end. And so that it's impulse and buying is not just for kids, you know, going through the line with candy and stuff. And the parents are going, you know, shut up. And finally, like Mark says, parents just won't quiet. So finally, they just buy them something so they'll shut up. But adults are like that, too. And, and we are a country of, of impulsive buying, right? And so um, anyway, um, we, we see it and we've got to have it. Proverbs, I like the good news translation of Proverbs twenty one twenty. Stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. That's a, that's a good good quote, right? How do you break the habit of impulsive buying? This is the way you do it. You have to have a budget. You have to say, "This is what I'm going to spend, and and this is how it's going to this is how it's going to work out." Okay? And the definition of a budget is just planned spending, right? Uh, budgeting is telling your money where you want it to go, rather than wondering where it went. And so you have to make it a matter of prayer. You know, if we re- see that this is important, and it is important because we all have to live. Then it should be a thing of prayer. God, help me to be a good steward. Okay? Got that? Okay. Um, and it, I think it ought to be a decision in your family. You know, you, you need to talk about together. This is, this is what we're going to try to do. Okay? And it's, and it's not easy to do. You have, you have to work at it. Got that? See, I've given you guys enough money. I give you enough stuff already. You're, you're good to go. But there's more. Number three, save for the future. Okay? Um, It's a principle of preparation. Proverbs again. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. Another translation says the wise man saves for the future. Uh, In Japan, Japanese people save 25% of their income. Europe, 18%. Average American, 5%. I'm even surprised at that. Okay? Why? Why why do we only do that? This is why. Because we're a live for today's society. You know, it's like, you know, we are microwave. You know, we're instant. We need things like right now. And and so we, that's that's the way we live. And and it's just crazy uh, that we live that way. Um, One person said this, I'm going to live within my means even if I have to charge it. Right? So that's the way. Three goals. We need a spending goal, a saving goal, and a giving goal. <clears throat> now I'm waiting on Judy. She'll never tell me anything again. Proverbs 6. This is interesting. Consider the ant. It stores up a little at a time, so when winter comes along, it's set. Now, it, behind my house, I, I have... Uh, well, I had two bird feeders. I had a bird feeder last year, and uh, I would feed it, and the squirrels would come and rob it. <coughs> and I'm fighting the squirrels. And so, being the brilliant person I am, I ordered this special bird feeder from Italy. And it's, it was a tube, and it has a little thing on the bottom. When the squirrels get on, it's supposed to spin and, and throw them off. So I, I put it out, set it up. The squirrels got on top of it, ate the top of it, ate the thing up. They tore it up in one day. But what I've noticed is that they're all the time working. They're preparing. You know, as it gets fall, they're, 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 they're preparing because they know what's coming. Okay? And, and a lot of times we as humans, 
It's like we're, we're, we're surprised. We, we know stuff is coming to go, oh no, but we knew things were coming. And so we need, we need to prepare. And so, uh, we need to learn to save for the future. And we need to look at the ants, you know, and go, oh, look at these ants. What are they doing? They're getting ready for winter, right? And so, you know, winter's coming to quote famous show. Anyway, number four, enjoy what you already have. It's a principle of contentment. <coughs> Everybody has stuff, right? Um, listen to what it says in Timothy. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God who richly provides us uh, with everything for our, what does it say? Enjoyment. God doesn't care that you have stuff. God doesn't care that you have toys, right? I mean, when the kids were little, they would have, they had toys. We would buy them toys and we would give them things they didn't need. And I think sometimes God even gives us stuff that we don't need because he's a good dad. Okay? He gives us stuff though that, so that we can enjoy it. And, and, uh, that's, that's a good thing. We need to learn to, to do that. Uh, and listen to what it says in Hebrews. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He's saying you need to be content. He, we always have him. He's always with us. And he's better than anything. <clears throat> so we need to learn to enjoy what we got. People think that, you know, having more will make them happy. You know, that's, that's just crazy. Uh, and it's not true. If that were true, the wealthiest people in the world would be the happiest people in the world. And if you turn on the television and watch any kind of show and shows the, the stuff, those people are a mess. They can't get it together. And they have everything that, that, that we're blitzed with saying that we need to have. But they come up short. And so it, it's just nuts. And so uh, we're, we're blitzed with stuff. And our kids are blitzed with stuff. I've got a statistic uh, that I think is wrong. <coughs> uh, by the time a kid graduates, they will have seen 360,000 commercials. This was, this was printed about TV. They didn't take into consideration these things and then every, everything else that, that we're blitzed with. And so, so society is just hammering us with stuff that we need. We don't need it. You know, nothing wrong with having stuff. But, you know, we don't, we don't have to have everything, right? Uh, contentment means just enjoying what you have. It doesn't mean that you don't have any goals or ambitions or desires. We, sh- we should always be working on things. We should always be trying to improve and, and, and to, to get better and, and all that. Uh, but we just need to learn to enjoy what we got. And we need to learn to, to do that. Um, here's a test. It's a test for contentment. Complete this sentence. I'll be happy when. Okay, this is the deal. If you put anything in that, you fail the test, right? Because some people say, I'll be happy, you know, when this happens, I'll be happy when that happens or whatever. And then it comes along and then then there's something else. (coughs) People are nuts. Um, You know, back back to the giving thing, you know, I've told you this before, but there there was a person once who told me this. And they were, they were serious as a heart attack, which is not even a good thing to say now because Liz had a heart attack. But um, <clears throat> not because of me. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe because of me. But This person actually told me and was serious that when they win the lottery, they're going to really give a bunch of money to the church. And I looked at them and said, well, thank you. That's so sweet <clears throat> that you're going to do that. And so people are nuts. We need to learn to be content. 
And, and God's blessed us with stuff, and, and that's the deal. We, do we need to work on things? Yeah, we always need to work on things. But we need to say, Lord, just thank you. I mean, what do you need? Well, you need shelter. You need some food. You know, and, and that's about it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, speaking of Ethiopia, I changed my thing from selling things there. It's just a little prayer thing now over there. But, but we've been to Ethiopia, and we've gone places and, 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 and seen people who had nothing. I've seen little kids make cars out of mud. Right, Pat? Remember those place, places? They're happy as can be. We're blitzed thinking that we need all kinds of stuff. We don't. We just need Jesus, need each other. Something to eat, we're good. Right? So we need to learn to be content. Um, you need to be happy now while you still have goals and ambitions. And uh, <clears throat> we always have to remember it's easier to get into debt than get out of debt. Number five. I'm preaching too fast. Mark went too long last week, so I'm making up for it. <coughs> All right, is that okay, Mark? Give at least 10% back to God. Now, put this in there, too. And that's, to me, for a, for a Christian, that's just the starting place. I, you know, I learned to tithe when I was a kid. Parents, we, we had offered envelopes and all those things. And, and tithing is where you start as a Christian, I think, or even, even I think we should give him more. Listen to what it says again in this is Proverbs, Living Bible. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part, not leftovers, of all your income, and he'll fill your barns to overflow. Uh, Malachi, <clears throat> famous tithing Baptist preacher passage. Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And you'll see I will not throw open the, if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have enough room for it. Liz and I have never been rich, but we've never been hungry. And we've always given. When we first started church, we were the only givers. You know, and, that, and that's just the way I was brought up. That was the way I was taught. And so God's always provided for us, period, and, and provided more. I need, you know, I'm working on losing weight again for the hundredth time, right? Um, getting in shape. My ankles bother me today because I've, I, I walk and pray every day, and then I, I do the steps. And so I, I got to cut back on the steps. I run the back steps, which I told Liz, I don't know what's wrong with me. She goes, what are you, she's, she hollers at me. I said, I don't know what I did. She says, you, you, you're well, in essence, she's saying I'm stupid, uh, <coughs> right? But I, I walk and then I, I run those steps. And, and uh, so uh, trying to do better, right? And so we need to get in shape in a lot of different ways, uh, physically and all those kinds of things. And Mark will talk about that next week. Uh, but, but when I did the thing on, on uh, getting in shape spiritually, there are a few things I said. The first thing is that you give the first part of your day to God with the devotion, First part of your week to God when worshiping God. The first part of your income to God. The first part of your uh, relationships to God. And the first part of your energy to God. That It's all his anyway. You got that? He can call it in any time. But he gives it to us, right? And so uh, give the first part to God. And, and tithing is just the first part of your income. All right? Um, that's just the deal. Um Bring up that one passage, Pat. You got it there. Deuteronomy. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first. It's just the deal. You know? Um, and like when I did the spiritually fit thing, is that there too? Keep going, Pat. There you go. I just said that, right? First part of the, the day, the week, uh, relation, income, relationships, and, and energy. That, that it's all God's. And, and tithing, like I said, is just a, a first part of the income. Now, there's different kinds of plans that people have, and here's one plan. It's called the 10-10-80 plan. 
10% to God, 10% to savings, 80% to God. There's another plan. It's like a 70-30 plan, which I didn't give you, but it's, it's uh, 10% to God, 10% to savings, 10% to investment, and live on 70%. And so, and as you budget those things, you, you can do it, okay? Uh, Proverbs uh, says this in, in the Living Bible, right? Uh, the good man's uh, earnings advance the cause of righteousness. By being faithful, we can help other people. And we can help spread the gospel. We can help demonstrate God's love to people. Uh, all kinds of things. And so, so, so that's just the deal. Um, and I, I put this in my notes too. God's a giving God. And when you give, you're being like Him. You're being like your Father. You're, you're acting like Him. You know, I do things for people all the time and they'll, they'll say, you don't have to do that. I know I don't have to do that, but I want to do that because that's the nature of my Heavenly Father. Right? And so when you demonstrate God's love to people, when you, when you share, when you do those things, you're, you're doing, uh, what God created you to do. <clears throat> and you get a good feeling about it. I, I spoke at a class once at this college a few years ago and, and, uh, it wasn't a Christian college just talking about that, you know, when you help other people, you get a good feeling. Why do you do that? Because that's the way God made you. When you do that, you're, you're, you're saying, oh man, Lord, that's, that's how you are. You gave to me for God's to love the world, right? And, uh, that's the deal. Um, we need, need to pay attention to what we do with our money or it'll control us, right? Um, what's that one scripture? A generous man, uh, will himself be blessed for he shares his food with the poor. That's just the deal. That we're, to, that we're to do that. Um, Larry Burkett said this. I learned this a long, long time ago. I know it by heart. And sometimes I quote it. It's a great, it's a great quote. So I'm going to take time for you. Okay. Here we go. When you outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall. Got that? When your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall. It's true. So we need to learn to live Within our means, right? Um, God gives us these five principles. Keep good records. Plan your spending. Save for the future. Uh, enjoy what you got. Give the first 10% back to God. Isaiah says this. Why spend money on what's not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me. Eat what is good and your soul will delight in the riches of fare. All of us have this God-shaped vacuum or hole in, in our life, right? I have a picture of a guy like that, right? And, and, and all of us have this, and, and we're always trying to fill it up with stuff. We try to fill it up with things. We try to fill it up with money. We try to fill it up with relationships. We try all kinds of things. But there's only one thing that can fill it up, and that's Jesus. He's the only one that can come and fill that gap and, and fill that longing that we, that we know that we belong to him and that, that we are... Uh, not an accident that God made us on purpose. And uh, that's just the deal. Um, Jesus even said it once when he's talking about the disciples. He said, don't worry about this or that. Don't worry about what, you know, look at, the, look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. He says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to him. In other words, put, put God first in your life and everything you do and, and he'll take care of it. Um, I gave you five dollars. <clears throat> yep, 
Got a $5 bill there? I'm giving you $5. It's my $5, but I'm giving it to you, okay? And I'm giving it to you for a reason. I want you to do something with it. I know it's not much, but inflation, I used to give dollars away and do this, but that didn't work anymore, right? I want you to use it to, to do something for someone. Add it to your tip if you go out to eat. Even on the way out, there's little box bags up there on the thing that's, that if you go out to eat at a restaurant, you can grab one of those bags. It's got little stuff in it to give to someone who's waiting on you. And then give, give this to them. Or just use it to help someone, okay? And then I'd, what I'd like you to do is I'd put my email address, C. Wesley W. My name's Charles Wesley. C. Wesley W. at AOL.com. Charles Wesley, the Methodist hymn writer. He and John started the Methodist church, right? Just send me a note and say, this is what I did. This is how I used, used the five bucks, okay? So what I'm asking you to do is to be a good steward of the five bucks that I gave you. And I'm, I'm doing this as an example because God's given you everything, right? Uh, God gave you uh, everything. Uh, he gave you all the money that you have. Do you know that? Got that? God gave you all the money that you have. You're saying, no, wait a minute. I worked and I earned that, right? Okay, who gave you the health and the ability to do that? Okay, it comes back to just one thing. It's God. So this is the deal. Just be a good steward. It's not rocket science, but it just starts out. And you might need to make a plan. You might need to start working these things out. Um, but when you do, I know that, that, that God will bless you. Okay, got that? All right. Let's just bow our heads. Lord, just thank you that you gave it all for us. You gave Jesus for us. You gave us our life like we're, we're breathing right now. Lord, we know that's a gift from you. Everything that we have, Lord, came from you. So help us, God, to use it. You know, help us to use it to be faithful in our giving. Like as we give here, as we tithe here. Because you know all the stuff that we do here, Lord. And you know all the, the ministries that we do and all that stuff. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you for the faithfulness, Lord, of people. But Lord, help us to see that, that our whole life is to be about giving. That we live with open hands. You bless us, and then we bless others, and you bless us, and we bless others. And it's just an awesome thing. Lord, it's so much fun that you let us do this stuff. And so, God, help us to see how serious it is that we need to grow spiritually, we need to grow intellectually, and we need to grow financially as we learn to demonstrate your love to people.
Amen. That wasn't so painful, was it? That's all right. If you have a lease, take it out. And uh, we do this every week to remember and to be reminded of who we are and whose we are and what we belong to. In the early church, uh, being a Christian was never separated from the church. They were always connected. And when they would get together, they would sing some songs and, and talk about Jesus. And they'd always share communion. Uh, because they had something in common. And that thing they had in common is Jesus. And so that's why we do it. So we always say the Lord's Prayer. That's just to center our hearts. So let's say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this remembrance to me. And after supper, it says he took the cup. He said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, new relationship. Do this remembrance to me. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said this. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. We're, we're remembering what Jesus did and we're reminded of what we're supposed to do. Amen. It's all stand. If you want to sign up for the variety show, tell Pat. If you can't sing, sing at all, be sure and sign up. Let's just close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you are a giver, that you gave it all for us, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, to learn to live that way with open hands, that we can receive from you, that we can give things away. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to come here. Thank you, Lord, the the privilege to be able to give here, Lord, because I just know what what you do and what you've done, Lord Jesus. So, God, just thank you uh, for your love and your faithfulness. And so, God, use his hands and, and feet this week as we go from this place to touch people's lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Bless you.